Hello and welcome to Turf Time, brought to you by Civitas Turf Defence. In this series we talk with superintendents and golf course managers from across North America about four exciting topics. Organic course management, the challenges associated with preparing for and recovering from large-scale events, as well as water management and extending the plant growing season. In this episode, host Dr. Frank Rossi, Associate Professor, School of Integrative Plant Science Horticulture Section at Cornell University, speaks with Chris Zugel, Director of Golf Course Maintenance for Destination Cola, which encompasses Whistling Straits in Cola, Wisconsin, and Ian McQueen, Golf Course and Property Manager, Superintendent at George's Golf and Country Club in Toronto, Canada, to discuss how they prepare their courses for key tournaments. Exploring the challenges they faced in the past 12 months due to tournaments being rescheduled and the approach they take to event preparation, Chris and Ian also share their steps for post-tournament recovery. We hope you enjoy the episode. What a joy uh, that, that we get to do this. Thank you both uh, in advance for taking the time. Um, what I'll do in the beginning is ask you to uh, individually, and we'll start with you, Ian, introduce yourself, uh, tell us a little bit about your career uh, and your club, uh, where you are now, uh, and, and the sort of character of the club, the, you know, the number of rounds, uh, the, of course, in both of your cases, that really don't need much introduction. Most people will know them by name, but I think it's good for them to get a little inside baseball because we're going to get in a little further about you know, what were some of the challenges you were facing? And, you know, Chris and I just had a recent conversation about this with Civitas in, in a videotape. You and I have not, Ian, but we'll get into that later on and all the other stuff. I'll guide us through that pretty seamlessly. But let's start with you, Ian. Tell me a little bit about Royal St. George's, the name of the club, your name, your title and stuff like that. Yeah, so I'm the golf course and property manager superintendent at St. George's Golf and Country Club. Uh, located in Toronto, Ontario. Uh, we are a high-end private club in Toronto. We're usually in the top two in Canada. Um, we are in the top uh, on the top 100 list in the world. Um, so it's a pretty big golf club for Canada. And so uh, Toronto is a high-end uh, membership. Um, demands are extremely high, like most golf courses. Uh, we do about... 23,000 to 24,000 rounds a year. And our year is typically uh, May 1 to uh, November 1. So about a six month season. Um, we're on a direction now to lower our rounds. We're trying to get down to about 20,000 rounds. But uh, that's our biggest, uh, biggest concern with plant health is with the rounds of play and expectations the membership wants. Okay, excellent. Thank you, Ian. Chris, uh, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about uh, your operation there. Uh, my name is Chris Zugel. I'm the director of uh, golf course maintenance for Destination Kohler, uh, which encompasses uh, Whistling Straits, both the Straits and the Irish course, as well as Black Wolf Run, um, the River and the Meadow Valley. Uh, we're located in Sheboygan, Wisconsin, um, about an hour north of Milwaukee. Um, our season is similar uh, to St. George's where, you know, we're basically depending on the spring, usually mid-April will open right up until Thanksgiving. Um, it's kind of our, 
our active time out on the property. Um, you know, the golf courses are, you know, run the gamut from top 100 in the world to top in the state to the top resort. Um, so we have kind of a, a, a good offering and the courses themselves do anywhere between, you know, 15 to 25,000 rounds a year. Um, and uh, expectations similar to are, are extremely high. Um, a lot of our, our guests come in from across the world um, to play the properties. So uh, their expectations are, are that it should be perfect when they come. Um, so the, you know, we're on a, always a deadline to make sure everything's perfect, no matter what time of year, doesn't matter if it's spring or fall, it, the guests are expecting the best and that's what we strive to do. And, and uh, the reason we're gathered here, uh, to some extent, there's so many ways we could take the conversation, but one of the reasons we're gathered here today is in, in addition to the unique sort of day-to-day -day operation of a high-end uh, private country club golf course and a high-end resort or public daily fee golf course, um, is, it, you know, in servicing those members is that you then add tournaments on top of that, right? And you both, uh, ex, you know, had an experience this past year with gearing up and gearing back down. But before we get into the tournament, Ian, I want to go back to you because I thought it was interesting you saying this. Uh, golf, uh, just about everywhere uh, that I can say, even in places like San Diego, where you didn't think there would be any more possibility to play more golf because of the weather being perfect almost all the time, everybody's adding 20, 30% to their rounds, which means 20, 30% to their foot traffic, which many cases means 20 or 30% more carts or even more than that because of the, you know, the single rider business that some places are under. So let's start with talking a little bit. I think I heard you say reduce your rounds is the club going to make a concerted effort because the traffic is so severe and the course isn't built to do it that no matter what you do, you just feel you got to lower the rounds? Yeah. So when we, when I said 24,000, a typical year, last year we were up over 20%. So we hit the 27,000 round mark, but uh, our club being uh, the direction that they're going, uh, we are significantly looking at to reduce the rounds down to about 20,000. We just have too many pinch points, too many wear points, um, and the membership demands and expectations, we can't, we can't really achieve them without eliminating something. And it's become the rounds is the number one issue that we need to reduce. So now, it's going to take years. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And so, you know, what's so fascinating about this conversation is, Chris, I'm sure if there's an open slot on a tea time <laughs> at any of your places, uh, so, somehow that word and, and, that's not common at your place. So I'm assuming the traffic is everything. The traffic is always that the slots are full. Yeah. We're, if there's an open spot, that's a problem. Um, you know, we're busy sun up to sundown. Um, so, you know, we're on a little bit different end um, where we're trying to get those people in and trying to just our, our model is based upon, um, you know, they have to be here to pay to play here. So um, the more people we get in, the better for everybody. Right. But you're built for it. Right. I mean, yes. I think what we're talking about is the classic. How old is St. Ge Royal St. George's? Ian? Uh, 1929. And then Doe came in recently. Yes. 2014. So what are we talking about? You know, when you say pinch points, are we talking about less than three acres of greens or did they make them really big? And that's what you're talking about. right? Yeah. Less than three acres of greens. 
small green, small approaches where all the traffic is funneled, like we all deal with to certain spots. So, so Chris, you're built uh, really to run people through there. I mean, it really is a, a well-designed, uh, as I know, a well-oiled machine. So let's transition to uh, your exploration of Civitas. I'm familiar with both of yours, especially Ian, you at two places, and 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 Chris uh, at, at at Whistling Straits. You know, this was a process for you, but it started with some questions you had about uh, water management and the things that you that you're constrained in doing many ways, particularly on the Straits course, right? I think the entire property's had some experience with it. But for today, let's talk a little bit about just your experience at the Straits course. Yeah, um, like you said, it initially started with um, trying to explore some some ways around water conservation and improve water management on the property. I kind of tinkered around with some wetting agents and didn't see really anything that would justify um, you know, the use of them, the expenditure of, of spraying them. So. I uh, went to a, a little lunch and learn with Civitas at one of the GISs, trying to think when it was, 2016, maybe something like that, and uh, kind of opened my eye up to it. And I was like, well, why don't we try and experiment, you know, with this and then also potentially reduce um, some of our fungicide use on the teas as well. Um, and what we found was that the teas, you know, water, it's a tough one because it may rain, it may not, you know, it's, it's kind of a weird one, but what we found was the wear tolerance um, improved dramatically and, you know, couple that with the potential for water savings. And then I was kind of like, kind of like an aha moment. Um, and you talked about like the pinch points and things like that, the straights course, it's the one course we have that's walking only. There's no car paths, no way to get around it with a cart. So, um, you know, we have, figure a busy day, let's say there's 200 golfers plus two caddies per group. Um, so you're looking at, you know, three, 400 rounds plus us walking, um, you know, areas get beat up pretty good. And, um, you know, that applying Civitas all are like also started to help with these little pinch points, um, areas we normally don't even put, um, any plant protectants down on. It was, it was helping out and, and keeping everything going. And, um, you know, recovering from the wear again, like, like I said, we're trying to get people through. So I don't want to limit, uh, you know, the amount of people just for the sake of the grass. Um, you know, that's what we're, we're paid to manage. So if I can make it look good doing, doing something, then everybody's happy. So, um, so it ended up working pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so Ian, it's again, such a contrast, right? I mean, Chris is sitting around a table and, and, and I can't imagine actually saying out loud, yeah, we got to cut rounds the grass can't take it. And in your case, um, is, is it the same for you in that you were, uh, you know, I remember at, at, at Islington, uh, you know, you were establishing, this was back after the winter kill, right? You were really just a growing expert uh, in the way you seeded and grew stuff in. And then obviously you made this transition uh, is traffic the issue that you're addressing with Civitas? Talk a little bit about it. Were you using it on pinch points and things like that? Well, you know, I got into Civitas again at Islington and years and years ago, but uh, yeah. I'm a big uh, uh, proponent of it. I use it everywhere. I spray it, uh, roughs, tees, fairways, greens, everything, wall to wall, all year long. I use it for different reasons. A lot of it's for wear. Um, I found with the use of Civitas in our wear areas, uh, our plant was a little bit healthier and 
prevented a little bit of infractinals coming in, which I think usually is the, the downfall to the warriors. It's always going to be anthracnose coming in. And with the Civitas, we've seemed to have withstanded some of those damages and helped with our wear and stress and um, recovery and uh, water management. So I think the, the way I try to use it now is I use it as a base in my whole program to help the plant health stay stronger, longer, which is helping us recover and protect us from all the different areas issues and where is the main one. Yeah, and so what Chris observed on his teas, you've probably also observed. Now you've also got better grasses, right? I mean, um, uh, where Chris is, you know, probably got 20, 25 year old grasses, Ian, you've got relatively new last five, six year grasses, 10 year grasses. Um, you know, you grew grass at other places too. It, you must like the combination of, of some good genetics and Civitas. Uh, that must be part of what you've seen, at least from a disease and, and other stress perspectives that the course is under. Yeah, I think one of the best things we did during those uh, renovations and that is brought the new generation grasses out. So out about 40, 50 yards from the approaches. So we have a little bit of a denser bent now, which gives a little more leaf tissue, which, you know, when applying the Civitas to it, I think it just allows the plants to stay uh, photosynthesizing longer, allows them to be protected longer in the wear. So I think that's a good combination with the new genetics and the Civitas has really helped with that. Well, yeah. So Chris, let's transition to the the traffic that you didn't get to have uh, in this past year and how much Civitas has been part of maybe tournament preparation on the golf course, right? I mean, I think with the things that are going on, uh, you know, when you're preparing for an event, even though every day for you is sort of an event, you're going to have a heck of a lot more people walking around that place, uh, even probably less golfers, but now you've got the, the stands as well. So, Talk a little bit about how this has worked out to fit into some of your tournament prep stuff. Um, yeah, so we moved from after, you know, as you said, it was a long road. I'm, I'm a fairly slow adopter to, to new technologies. So, um, so it took me a little bit, but we, after the T kind of experiment worked out, we started to implement it into our fairways. Uh, and kind of like Ian had said, some of the roughs, not necessarily all of them, but maybe because there's some places where nobody really goes, it's... Um, it's not really high on the on the list of of a targeted area, but um, we started to you know basically started with the fairways and included our intermediate cut, um, and then expanded into a little bit more of the intermediate cuts, um, and then you know tried to see what it does, and it, it just as as Ian said, it just makes everything to hold up a little bit better. It kind of lasts through the stressful periods a little bit more. So as far as tournament prep especially going into this year when we're having, um, you know, the Ryder cup at the end of September, that's a, that's a long time to hold a golf course in shape, um, in the North. So we're, we're kind of behind the eight ball already just with the, the timing of the tournament. So, um, but it, it kind of helps us out cause we can then see what we've done going into that. We know where we can push it. We know that the grass can withstand it. Um, and so the, I don't know, you know, without it, it's one of those things where, you, you know, it's one of those, not a silver bullet more or less, but it, it just really makes you sleep a little bit better at night, knowing you're covered for a little bit more stuff and the grass can withstand some more activities and you go, you don't need to worry about babying it 
again because we're going to have quite a people quite a bunch of people playing it before the tournament so um so we're got to make sure it's looking good yeah and and you know everybody says oh september's a great time to host a tournament because the weather's on your side but you know as, as you know light levels and everything else is changing at that time uh but but when you're getting that intense uh traffic all year long that's right you you need to not have a you don't want your rough looking like the picture, but, you know, looking like, uh, you know, just worn down. So Ian, you had a, a different situation in that you were just about prepped and ready to go, as I understand it. So you were, if, as you say, you're using it across the golf course uh, for a variety of different reasons. So now you're prepped for everybody showing up. Um, talk about that process of, as you were managing and using Civitas in your normal fashion. And if you would for a minute, Ian, talk about the rates and intervals that you're using, at least to the best of your ability to explain them. So folks can get a sense, are they the same intervals across the different areas? Uh, let's see if we can parse it out a little bit and then we'll talk about the lead into the tournament. Yeah, for sure. Like, as you said, I was a little different than Chris. Chris has to manage a golf course all year before he has a gent. Uh, Mine is uh, coming out of the spring, so we have a very short window. So we try to do whatever we possibly can to help promote growth um, early in the season, leading up into the tournament. So, you know, we get on the program of Civitas right away. As soon as the plant starts to metabolize and photosynthesize, the sun's out, the temperatures are right. Um, we use Civitas to promote the growth as quickly as possible and help uh, strengthen the turf as quickly as possible to help with the management of the wear in the tournament. Uh, we, we go out pretty routinely. Our programs are pretty, pretty simple. Um, we go eight ounces every other week on, in the, in the roughs. Um, we dial back on our fairways and tees. We, we limit, we go down to four ounces on fairways and tees every 10 days and our greens we use around one to two ounces. So we, we kind of adapt the programs to what we feel we need out there. Um, once we build up the Civitas over a couple of apps, we kind of flip to uh, four ounces in the rough uh, and stay that stay that consistent everywhere, every other week and 10 days on fairways and tees. So it's interesting. And this is one of the challenges we faced with Civitas is that, you know, if, if you get uh, some, you know, folks that are really going to think this through, um, they're going to do exactly what you're doing, Ian. They're going to say, yeah, I like it here. And this is the rate and interval that works there. And, and we've talked about this a lot of times. Not as it, not as, it's not just related to your goals, uh, but also the areas, longer grass, shorter grass, growth rates. And these are things that we've learned uh, over time. Now, Chris, for you, it also started a little bit experimental with rates and timings. How has your program uh, evolved? Um, well, we looked at it from a from a trial when we were just looking at it initially for our, one of our sprayers raised two acres. So, um, you know, A, looking at one of our test areas was two acres. So, okay, we tick the one box. We actually have a spot we can spray it and it's two acres, which makes mixing easier. Um, so then we ended up putting in five gallons per two acres. So it comes out to be right about 7.3 ounces or so, which is um, kind of, you know, again, that's the, I guess the fun thing with Civitas is that you can kind of tweak it and play with it, um, mess around with it. We consistently put it out approximately every two weeks on tees and fairways at that rate, at that 7.3 ounces. Um, and it, 
again, kind of looking forward into the tournament where it all started with prep for the tournament. So we, did, we, we start everything knowing where we're at. So we don't want to start something fresh in 2021 now for the Ryder cup, not having experience under our belt with it. So, um, we had been preparing for 2020 with that rate and felt comfortable with it. Um, and then just kind of held the line with it going into last year. And, uh, we'll do the same going into this year and then we'll probably start to experiment with tweaking things here or there up in the intervals. Um, we normally spray preventatively every two weeks anyway. Um, so we just add it into the tank and, and go along and it, it works out great. Again, just the simplicity of it was, was something where we don't need yeah. to um, worry about, you know, getting out the micrometer and measuring out little bits and um, getting too crazy with it. But um, you know, the five gallons was an easy enough fix for us. So both of you, you know, whether you, you know, both of you in Northern climates with cool season grasses and Ian, you know, you're getting going because of the tournament and Chris, you're getting going because you got a full tee sheet as soon as the darn snow is off the ground. Our, uh, let's start back with you, Ian. Will you make a fall application uh, that might be higher or I would assume maybe in association with your snow mold application? And is that sort of like a base coat that you build on uh, the coming spring? Yeah, so we go out late fall before our snow mold application. We go out with Civitas um, in October. We finish off our bi-weekly in October with eight ounces of Sipdas on our fairways and tees and two ounces on our greens, then lead us into the snow mold app. So basically everything is, is just about to shut down. So we do have a good base going into the spring. So when we come out of the spring, it's, it's already, you know, it's got a color to it already. So it's able to photosynthesize a little bit easier, um, allowing us to grow a little bit sooner. And then we get on our program right away. So we're, we're, as you said, we are preparing pretty good this year in 2020. And then they shut us down. Um, basically, it was about less than three weeks before the event. So, you know, we're, we're, we're ready to go. So we're going to go back on the same plan for 2021 and get out there in early, early uh, May. First week in May, hopefully, is our first app and get us geared up right away in the spring. So that had to be a bit disheartening. Uh, I, I got a little bit of a front row with Steve Rabidou and the folks at Wingfoot, and eventually, you know, they pulled off the open. So everybody felt good at the end. But in the beginning, you know, having a team that prepares something like that, and I know Chris, you can associate this with as well, Ian. How did you uh, how did you handle that, just professionally and personally? You know, I know this was a long time uh, coming for you, and 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 just what a glorious property to have it pulled out three weeks in. I know in hindsight, you know, everything that's happened in the world, but at the time, how did you handle that? Yeah, you know, it was, it was, it was disheartening for sure. Um, nothing that we could control. So it's, a, you know, it was uncontrollable. So I think the way we went about it is we took it as, you know what, we did, we did well, we organized, we're prepared, but this gives us one more year now to make it even better. So we took that kind of momentum with the staff and we said, you know what, let's make it even better and let's see what we can adapt and change and get them back energized because, you know, not, you know, the plant, the turf, you know, and as everything happens, it was the best week, you know, it was dry, <laughs> it was windy, you know, so it would have been great, but, uh, you know, you got to get everybody, mom their momentum built back up again to, yeah. you know, for a whole their year again. So that's yeah, how we kind of turned the corners. 
Yeah, but I, I wonder too, um, I don't know what kind of a situation Canada was in at the time, if people could come out and enjoy the golf course, but I bet you those people, your members really liked it, what you were able to do. And you almost hope, don't get used to this folks, we're not having the Canadian Open here every day for the, for the next six months. So did you have a little bit of that? Oh yeah, like, because, you know, <laughs> as up in here in Canada, golf was one of the first things that they were allowed to do. So we were anticipating it wasn't going to be till July before members got out, but it actually came in the middle of May. So, you know, they had the conditions all the way through the whole year. So they, they were excited about it. But as you said, we got to uh, kind of give them a little reset and say, hey, this is <laughs> this isn't this isn't capable for every year, all year. So yeah, they sure. were excited. Yeah. So so, Chris, listen, what do you you know, like I said, you could probably host it just about every day. I'm sure you're ramping up the greens a little bit, but you're also probably trying, if you can, try to dry it out a little bit. So talk a little bit about your gear up to uh, to doing it. Now you got shut down soon, so you didn't, did you wind up going through the process of it or did you just uh, uh, let it go? Uh, no, we went through it again. So we, uh, one of the things we like to do every, you know, we're, on a somewhat semi-regular major tournament rotation. So, um, and now with some, you know, changes, we were always geared up towards a PJ championship. So that was at the time, mid August. So we were always, you know, looking at mid August, trying to tweak conditions and things like that. Um, and after probably it started the first dry run in 2015, you know, going through seeing where we were at after the PJ championship. And then every fall we'll, we kind of, kind of adjusted some things, kind of saw where things were at um, until, you know, we didn't really have an idea where, you know, rough heights would be, green speeds would be. Um, we were still open and again, trying to get as many people through. So when you do a dry run and you're going to have a major championship conditions, you really can't necessarily have knee high rough across the golf course because the, the guys coming up uh, to play aren't necessarily into playing eight hour rounds, just looking for their golf ball. Um, but we did, we kind of ended up targeting smaller sections to kind of see where we were at as far as rough height, dryness, um, green speed, that sort of thing. So, um, but we still, we still went through our dry run process, if you will. So, um, but that normally doesn't start for us, um, up here again, trying to make sure it's healthy enough for play. Cause we'll play right up until advanced week when they'll close. So we can't go all out as far as really putting it on edge too early because it's got to withstand not only um, the entire year, but then the tournament. So, um, you know, we'll start it, start that week. We'll, once we close, we'll start to really start to dry things down, looking at where the weather is, unless something's crazy going in before then, but uh, we have an idea of where we want to be and then kind of just start to walk the tightrope there uh, until the tournament's over. And so both of you, you know, get to really, uh, I don't want to say push, I, I, you know, produce golf courses for people who play the game at the highest level. I mean, I think this is one of the great joys of, of doing tournament stuff. But, you know, obviously that means, you know, extreme stuff. You're, you're doing some things a little bit more than you would normally do. Whether it's drying them down, cutting them tighter, rolling them a little bit more, whatever it is you might be doing for the, uh, performance expectations of your tournament. And that usually takes a fair amount of time. Uh, a lot of the stuff in tournament prep is detail work at the end of the day. And it, it's very labor intensive. 
I wonder if Ian, you could start and say, was there anything when you were preparing or in your mind that when you're using Civitas, you're thinking, yeah, I used to have to send a guy or two out to deal with this and I don't have to really do that anymore, whether it's hand watering or fixing an area that wears out or uh, having a, you know, double, you know, fertilize an area because it's not keeping up. Have you noticed any issues with regard to, I think about it like resiliency, you know, a lot of times, Especially when you grow poannual for a really long time, you, you you're so like you twitch if you think there's stretch because it could collapse, you know, uh, with the slightest thing, and it's hard to break yourself of that. But when you go to a tournament, you still got a lot of stuff that you just don't want to lose it too far because getting it back, you know, is not an option. So can you talk a little bit about maybe the way Civitas sets up the turf that maybe helps you on the labor side? Yeah, I think um, what we've noticed over the years and using Civitas pretty regularly is we do reduce the amount of area that we have to watch for uh, drought, for wear, uh, overseeding. So we do find a big difference in the areas now when we spray Civitas on our fairway programs, we, you know, we typically mow pasture cut, however people want to call it. But we used to, with all the car traffic coming on the bottom of the fairways, the beginning of the fairways and leaving them. With the Civitas, we, we really don't see the wear that we used to see without it. And we used to be very diligent with hand watering and uh, keeping those areas a little bit, you know, wetter, a little bit, you know, to keep them growing, keep them, keep them uh, protected. But what we found is with the Civitas, we don't keep them like that. We try to stay away from the overwatering on them. We see the Civitas allows it to stay a little bit drier and allows us to recover and stay more uh, healthier and resilient to the traffic. That's what we've noticed over the years. What about you, Chris? I mean, it's the same sort of thing. Uh, you got a, you know, an army, many of who spend their time in the grass up to their knees and above. Um, <laughs> But, but what about uh, the, the sort of resiliency? You talked about it earlier. It sort of gives you that confidence that you can let it go a little bit. Um, that also makes you not as jumpy with the labor because even though you got a lot of people, that's a pretty sophisticated piece of property out there and it needs a lot of people. Just, you know, it takes a while just to navigate the darn place and get from A to B to do what you got to do. And we oftentimes discount, you know, even just transporting time. So. Can you talk a little bit about that resiliency and maybe some issues with regard to labor you've noticed? Um, yeah, the one thing that jumps to mind is the, you know, again, the, the T maintenance and not only the T surface, but the T surrounds, um, looking at it as a whole unit of what the guest experience is. And, you know, that's something um, I've started to really back off on fertilization and really start to understand where we're putting out the nutrients and what, what they're actually doing. Um, so the, there's areas on the tees where people just naturally congregate and kind of gather once they get done with the other hole, they'll come to the next one and, and everybody, whatever it scores or drinking a beer or just talking, waiting for the next group. Um, there's a lot of, um, kind of areas where people are mingling and, uh, you know, the Civitas just helped with that resilience of those areas and holding, holding strong and didn't need to worry about it too much, which ended up taking out that little blizer that we were putting down, um, which, you know, it's, it frees up somebody else. As you said, we have, you know, 
thousand bunkers to maintain. We have you know, <laughs> 400 acres of long grass to maintain. So there's definitely something for them to do. So it's not like they're, they're not doing something, but it, it ends up freeing it up into those little areas that were more to your point of like a detail. It's something that maybe the average golfer wouldn't necessarily recognize as long as his ball didn't jump on the green. Um, but it just makes the overall property kind of flow better, look a little bit more seamless. And, um, you know, it kind of ties everything back together and, and frees us so up. So we'll start with you, Ian. Um, you know, you didn't get to get through a tournament uh, this time, but I'm assuming uh, on the other side of it, you've got a plan uh, for recovering inside the ropes, so to speak, but you might also have a plan for recovering outside the ropes. Those are the two uh, big issues. Zugel makes him walk in the tall grass. So we'll, we'll get to him outside the ropes in a minute, but what about uh, recovery inside, outside the ropes? Yeah, we, we are a unique situation this year is we have to plan for both scenarios. We're just not sure. Um, we're just not sure for having fans yet or not. Um, the amount of fans we're planning on having 30,000 people a day on the property. Um, that's not going to happen, but they're expecting that some. So yeah, we have to put some plans into place for recovery for sure after the tournament and what what i like the best about using the, the civitas as part of the program is it allows us to promote plant health through the top and through the soils so as long as we can do whatever possibly can to plant a strong plant to pr promote a strong plant through our soils and through the civitas program the recovery is enhanced speed wise uh tenfold so uh, we're, our recovery program is to get right back on the program of Civitas, uh, keep it going, promote some nutrients from the soil, mine the soil nutrients to allow the plant to grow at its, its own rate and uh, plan on recovery that way. Perfect. And Chris, I think for you, to a certain extent, we talked about it a minute ago with uh, the way people come to a tea, uh, grab a beer and stare out at Lake Michigan. Um, you already mentioned the recovery. I'm assuming you're thinking again, inside and outside the ropes that Civitas is part of your uh, recovery plan. Yeah, uh, definitely inside the ropes. Um, for sure. The we'll stay on that program as we come out, you know, usually we'll time our, our, you know, any plant protectant type stuff to be um, kind of at its strongest during the tournament. So we're not, after the tournament, we're not like rushing out to spray really anything. We might probably, depending on the weather, usually water management is the key of what we look at afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, the And at the end of September, if it was August, it'd be a little bit different story too. But being the end of September, we're running out of kind of active diseases and problems anyway. Mm -hmm. um, so and then, but the other thing we do in the outside the ropes areas and uh, is just dormant seated. So we'll go out before um, the gallery walks Saturday night, we'll go out and actually like monkey grind or spread seed throughout where they're walking. And then yeah. basically use the gallery as kind of the seed bed, um, preparers for us. And then, and again, with that timing, it's going to be more of a dormant seed. So we'll just have to wait until spring till it all comes back up. But, um, but it's, it's pretty crazy. You know, the, the amount of people, you know, usually there's, um, you know, upwards of 40,000 people a day on the property. Um, and the amount of damage that they do and traffic wear that they cause is, is unreal, but, you know, you just kind of wait it out and let that seed grow and lucky enough to find fescue. We just, just put it back in and it pops right back up. Yeah, And, you know, I think most of the time when I go, you know, there's an air conditioner, the Lake Michigan serves as an air conditioner, 
But as it does warm up a little bit, it, it does prolong. I mean, I got to believe to a certain extent, the fall is a glorious time. It's always been my favorite time in Northern areas to play golf, but the fall has got to be a glorious time. Uh, again, you're wrapping up day length that late in September, but in general, you've got some beautiful growing conditions that time of year. Don't you, Chris? Oh yeah. You can't beat that time of year. That's uh I mean, September in Wisconsin is probably pretty hard to, to match it anywhere. Um, That's right. It's usually dry. Like you said, the, maybe it gets dark a little bit sooner, but it's, you know, you wear a sweater in the morning and short sleeves during the day. And hopefully that's the way it is this year, but knock on wood. Um, but. <laughs> well, let's hope we all get to have those things this year. Listen, as we close our conversation, Chris, let me stay with you for a second. Um, and also say that I think, you know, the other courses have also had experiences uh, with Civitas for different reasons, uh, sometimes more disease control. Um, I, I know uh, spring green up for the Irish course was uh, something Matt was looking at there as well. Um, so it has been one you've seen a, a wide use to, and you're not changing anything leading up right now. You're going to use it. Uh, it's rough and fairways and tees uh leading up to the Ryder Cup throughout the entire summer months right on a two to three week it's a two week it's a two week application regime for you and the plan is for 2021 to follow through with that yes we'll stick with that that rotation on the straights course and as you said the you know the Irish courses we've kind of done some things over there as far as spring green up and fall as Ian had mentioned fall snow mold applications and um, the Irish course being right next to the straights course is you know, you couldn't ask for a better research stage because you can sit on a hill and actually look at two different trials going on at the same time. Yeah. Um, and over at Black Wolf, again, to the newer varieties, you know, we've started to remove the fungicide from uh, the fairways and just start to slowly implement um, Civitas into those with, you know, last year was uh, kind of a bigger trial on the fairways that was very successful. So it's, it's kind of going towards that route where, you know, again, you know, up in Sheboygan, things move a little bit slower. So sometimes stuff doesn't get to us so fast. So, um, so we're slow to slow to adopt, but, um, once we, once we figure it out, you know, we're, we feel pretty comfortable with it. And, um, but yeah, uh, he's sandbagging us. He's, he's trying to sandbag us. He's not going to get away with that. Those in fact are the best brats on the planet are produced up there in Sheboygan. So what about you, Ian? You've got your uh, program that ended in October, you got your snow mold down. Um, we just take a minute. So far, have you been able to avoid some of this messy, slushy? I know that's uh, with bent grass, you're not worried as much, but you certainly don't want three months of ice in, in advance of April. So what kind of situation are you in up there with regard to that stuff? Yeah, we've had a pretty good winter so far. Um, by the end of this week, we should be melted off with no snow again. So uh, that will help us greatly. Like here at St. George's, the greens are bent grass, the approaches are bent grass, but uh, we have all our uh, drainage areas through the fairways go through the middle of the fairways, which are all uh, bent poa mixes. So, yeah. you know, we're looking to be cleared off one more time here, which will set us up uh, pretty good for a good spring start. So uh, we're getting, let's hope. In the meantime, they're inside uh, drinking whiskey curling. <laughs> actually yeah, you know we got uh, our club got rid of curling this year so we no longer have curling so oh, it's no been kidding. great yeah yeah oh my no. goodness was so, that controversial 
Oh yeah. Yeah, I uh, saw that curling rink, wasn't? Oh yeah. boy, oh boy! Yeah. And 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 I know Chris Zugel up in northern Wisconsin. Don't you know the superintendents have curling meetings, don't they? <laughs> oh yeah, you betcha. <laughs> <laughs> well, what a great way to end uh, with all of us talking like Canadians. So uh, with that, I'll thank you both for uh, just a wonderful conversation. I think we covered. Uh, everything everybody wanted to. Plus, I, I, I was just so great to see and hear both of you uh, again. So I'll thank you very much, uh, both of you, on behalf of Civitas. Thanks for joining us for this episode. It was an interesting discussion about the challenges of preparing for tournaments in these unprecedented times and the programs that can be used to ensure fairways and greens are in a tournament-ready condition. Join us for the next episodes of Turf Time, where Dr. Frank Rossi talks with superintendents and golf course managers from North America about organic course management, water management, and extending the plant growing season. For more information on Civitas, or to re-listen to the podcast series, visit www.civitasturf.com.